0: Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and leading practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're happy to be here. It's almost the start of 2021 and we have great high hopes for a wonderful year. I have a couple of breaking news announcements for all of you before I introduce the topic. Good, great news, exciting. Deloitte has been recognized by SAP as the SAP number one global partner. Congratulations to Deloitte, all of our wonderful friends at the Kinetic Enterprise. So proud of you and so happy to be associated and to bring your wonderful messages to the world. And a message from the leaders of this program, follow us on Twitter at DeloitteSAP, that's D-E-L-O-I-T-T-E-S-A-P, promised I'd do those messages up front. What's our topic for today? Let me tell you. For any business today, IT is an engine and IT departments are the engineers, think of a train. They're responsible for the data and solutions that their organizations need to operate, innovate and thrive and drive forward. But let's look at the lens of what's happening in the past 12 months, the ongoing COVID-19 crisis and the pressures on the supply chain show just how critical IT is for success. Helping to see the big picture for the business while playing a key supporting role in the flow of goods and services. That's what business is about. Something is going from one place to the other. It's a good, it's a service. Yes, how is IT evolving as the COVID-19 crisis unfortunately continues to reshape supply chains? It started, it's in progress, it's not over yet. How can IT leaders play a bigger role and make even a bigger impact within their organizations? These are questions on the table today. And what will IT look like in the future as we move toward the next normal, I call it the next reality. I have three Deloitte leaders here today. We have Matt Humphreys, we have Donna Gray, and we have Nikhil Gorey. Welcome to the three of them. They're going to share firsthand insights on how leading global organizations are transforming IT to meet the demands of a transformed supply chain and to enable the built to evolve enterprise. That's what we're here to talk about, the kinetic enterprise. So join us for the kinetic enterprise, how COVID-19 is transforming IT's supply chain role. Welcome again, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Let's get started. Happy to welcome my three panelists. I met them briefly the other day and can't wait to hear their thought leadership. Matt Humphreys, you're up first. Matt, do me the honor, please, of introducing yourself to our global audience. Tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, anything, any interesting backstory, so they know a little bit about what you, who you are as a person, and a little tiny bit about your passion for our topic. Matt Humphreys, welcome.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you, Bonnie, and uh, good morning. Um, it's 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 a pleasure to be here. So, Matt Humphreys, um, like Donna and Nikhil, I'm a I'm a principal at Deloitte. I lead Deloitte's um, supply chain practice for the life science industry. So I've been working at the intersection of operations and IT for the better part of my entire career. Um, I, I started as a as an engineer, and um, I'm now a recovering engineer trying to solve the the most complex uh, problems our um, you know companies have across industries. And you know when I, when I thought about today's topic and that intersection of ops and IT, I I, I remembered. An early experience I had in my career where I was actually trying to help modernize um, one of the world's largest breweries. And um, at the time, we were installing all the new systems and understood how IT changed the fundamental processes within this brewery. And one day, all the systems crashed. And we all got called into the, the command center for this one, one facility. And the brewmaster was pacing back and forth and getting increasingly anxious as, as um, the, the clock was counting down to when the process needed to go from one step to the next. And if it didn't, uh, millions of dollars of product would be lost. And so everyone was feverishly trying to solve the problem. And what became clearly apparent as we started diagnosing it was somebody thousands of miles away. And the IT data center had made a minor change to a simple database that was connected to the systems that ran the entire plant. And as soon as we found it, obviously we fixed it, rebooted the systems, and everything came up and, you know, crisis averted. But, you know, it was at that moment that I really understood the impact IT has on operations and the value and also the risk, if not done well. And so, um, you know, to me, since that time, I've spent a lot of my career working with business leaders. On the operations and IT side, to figure out how to unlock value from their IT investments and how to improve operations through digitizing their core and um, you know the supply chain specific capabilities. So, thank you.
1: Thank you, Matt. Nice to meet you. Interesting story. And those are those are the life lessons, aren't they, Matt? Where something (laughs) happens and it just crystallizes in your mind. That's what they're talking about. That's what this means. That's what we need to do. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad they saved the millions. Let's go to Donna. Drink up. Donna Gray. (laughs) Donna Gray, we're so happy to have you here, Donna. Please do us the pleasure of introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about also your passion
3: for the topic, IT and supply chain. Go ahead, Donna. Absolutely, Bonnie. Thank you very much. And and hello, everybody. Uh, As Bonnie said, my name is Donna Gray and I am a principal uh, at Deloitte. And I lead our industry practice for life sciences for for SAP and actually have spent my entire career at at Deloitte in a wide variety of capacities and actually started in the accounting and finance area and um, really saw how going beyond Mm -hmm. The finance organization into supply chain and really helping organizations think about how they transform their businesses really became a passion of mine about 20 years ago when I started working in the life science industry and had been working with companies in the industry um, to transform their organizations around primarily around SAP but other technologies as well. And I'm very passionate about this, this industry. Specifically, when you think about all of the good that they do for society, and so when 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 Matt and Keel and I are working with these organizations, I really think about the impact to the patients and people's lives, and that really gets me excited about how IT, supply chain, finance all work together to to make this a better place. Thank you very much, Donna. Your passion
1: is evident and obvious, and I appreciate that especially when you talk about health. So thank you very much. Pleasure to have you on board. Nikhil Gore. we'd love to hear about you. Who are you? What do you do? And what are your thoughts? Overview on the topic. Nikhil, welcome.
4: Thank you, Bonnie. And uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, I guess, for those folks across the globe. Uh, my name is Nikhil Gore. Um, I'm a, a leader in our SAP practice, focused on uh, driving large transformations across multinational companies. Um, As a quick background, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is how do we find innovative solutions to really solve the complex challenges, right? And, you know, the challenges are not static, right? You you encounter new challenges as time passes on. And so that's what is interesting that as, you know, the year 2020 clearly was um, an eye opener for almost all of us, right? With the new challenge that came in the form of COVID-19 pandemic. So, I've been extremely excited to think through, you know, uh, while despite the situation, which is not the best situation to be in, how do we come up with innovative solutions to solve for those problems, right, that come out of a situation like this? And how does IT and how do the supply chain uh, organizations, as well as other organizations, work together to solve for these problems together? Uh, a little bit more about me I have uh, spent a lot of time, uh, you know, spending both on the supply chain side of the house, right? Uh, Kind of driving business process optimization in supply chain, so that's my passion to do that, as well as on the IT transformation driven by SAP. And in fact, uh, one of the things that I'm most excited about leading recently is uh, I lead the, the life sciences industry cloud offering from the Deloitte side, which is really an exciting way to think about the new edge innovation that Deloitte has to offer to solve for some specific challenges, so I'm really excited to be here, and um, you know I, I look forward to this discussion.
1: Thank you very much. Happy to have all of you. And I want to do a shout out. Everybody, give a little round of applause for Igosa Obakpolor, who is in the background. Igosa helps to put these shows together with Carla Neal at Deloitte, and we appreciate both of you. I have a question for the panel. This is not on the agenda. Don't be mad at me. But we talk about IT, information technology. Who is that? Can we do a level set quickly? Who who is in that department? Is it one person? Is it is it? Are they programmers? Are they engineers? Can we just go around the table briefly? Anybody? Just raise your hand if you want to chime in. Who is IT we're talking about today? Matt, anything you want to add to that?
2: Who is IT today? Well, it's uh, a lot of dedicated professionals. I'll say, folks that are um, you know tirelessly working behind the scenes many times to, um, you know, to support the business. And, um, and, as I think all of us would say, also a lot of consultants.
1: Okay. Donna, IT, what does that mean to you?
3: Um, actually, it, when, when I first uh, got into my, my career and, and as an accountant, I thought IT was a bunch of coders and flip switchers. Right. And why would anybody want to actually work in, in, in IT? Um, it, but as i started to really work with with folks in it and supply chain and other things it's really a lot of innovative thinking and a lot of folks that are about solving problems and creating opportunities now they have a technical bent but it's all about partnering with their with their business counterparts and really driving value so I don't just think about a bunch of engineers sitting in a dark room coding anymore. It's it's a it's a wide variety of talent in a future state IT organization. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Nikhil, chime in, please. Anything?
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, this is such a, a paradigm shift that has happened, right? Uh, f- 15 years ago, if you had asked me this question, Bonnie, I would have said, you know, IT is definitely a group of people who have a deep technical background. Are there to solve you know problems for some of the most uh, challenging uh, you know problems on the table however now i see it organizations being an equal partner to business mm-hmm. and in fact it partners even leading the strategy with the whole aspect of digitization that is happening mm-hmm. across every company across the consumer collaboration right the, so it, it, i see the role of it has evolved so much right and so they are now kind of not only just solving problems, they're at the table, thinking about what problems are coming next, and jointly, you know, trying to figure out innovative solutions with the business.
1: Thank you very much all. When I think of IT, I'm a programmer by original trade. I was, Donna, I've been told I'm an early woman in tech because I was coding in COBOL on a Xerox 6 CP5 back in the 19, not going to tell you (laughs) here, when we were key punching and and I was running systems, huge systems for the state of Oregon as a programmer analyst and is running a whole department. My boss left and they put me in charge of this. So, and and when I think of IT, we used to call ourselves IMS, Information Mm -hmm. Management systems, right? Mm-hmm. I am go to the IMS department and, and then it morphed, I believe, and then we have Rogue IT
3: and we have internal IT. Donna, you have something you want to say? I just wanted to make a comment because actually this I think will resonate with, with Matt and Nikhil. About I guess it's going on about five years ago at Deloitte, we actually had a profound change in how we thought about technology and technology consulting and our actually our consulting ceo at the time basically came out and said it doesn't matter what part of your or the organization with, within Deloitte you are we all are about technology no matter where we all need to have mm-hmm. some level of savviness and understanding it's it's in all of our dna so i just thought that when, as you brought up your comment. I wanted to share that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. This is the
1: benefit of being on Zoom. I used to do radio on the phone for the past 11 <laughs> years until COVID said to me, hey, it's time for Zoom. And now I can watch you think and watch you talk and watch you raise your hand and you can message me. And this is really cool. Let's go to the quote part of the show. I've asked my guests to please send me a quote from a movie or a song, something they know, something they research, something that has Absolutely nothing to do with the topic, and they're going to explain in their own words right here live on the air what the quote means to our topic. So Matt Humphreys has sent us a very famous quote spoken by Roy Scheider, who played Chief Martin Brody in Jaws, the 1975 movie, and the quote which I'm about to read in a moment is one of the most iconic movie quotes in movie history. It was spoken by Brody moments after the eponymous shark appears behind the orca. It's referenced in film and TV, and it ranks 35th on AFI's list of the top 100 movie quotes, and I'll tell you where it came from. Apparently, and this is a backstory, Matt, I think you're going to like this, Richard Zanuck and David Brown apparently were very stingy producers, and they didn't spend a lot of money on production, especially behind the scenes. So Carl Gottlieb wrote... It it, to the Hollywood Reporter, the comment, you're going to need a bigger boat became a a catchphrase for anything went wrong. If lunch was late, if the the ocean swells were too rocking the camera, somebody would say, you're going to need a bigger boat. Well, Roy Scheider picked up on it and started sneaking it into the takes of the movie. He ad-libbed it as his character in the scenes and it became iconic. So the line, of course, is you're going to need a bigger boat and it's a big deal. So Matt, I hope you (laughs) enjoy That story, Matt. We'd love to hear what in the world are we talking about in terms of our topic of IT and supply chain. Go ahead, Matt.
2: Well, thank you. I didn't realize I was a, a connoisseur of quotes to get something up on the top hundred so, list. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, beyond being a, a big Jaws fan, that made me made me think about that. You know, the the, the quote as I thought about today's topic and um, you know how it relates to our times and, and and COVID was, you know, I I just simply thought that you know when <laughs> when you're up against insurmountable challenges like we are today, you know, or a big shark in this case, um, you, know, and, you know, even if you're inadequ- inadequately prepared, which I think many companies uh, were for COVID, that with perseverance and some luck, you can overcome any challenge. And so I thought, you know, as I, I thought about today's topic, that's what, what, what came to my mind.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And love the quote. Now you know the backstory. And let's move on. Donna has sent us a quote from another iconic movie. It is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986, American teen comedy film starring Matt Broderick, Matthew Broderick, as Ferris Bueller, a high school slacker who skips school for a day in Chicago. He breaks the fourth wall, meaning he looks right at the audience and he explains what he's doing and what his thoughts are. And this movie was basically the producer's love letter to Chicago landmarks. So it includes the Sears Tower, Wrigley Field, the Art Institute of Chicago. It was Hughes, uh, let's see, John Hughes. He directed it and Mm -hmm. co-produced it. And I don't know if you know, but he wrote the screenplay in less than a week, Donna. Less than a week, the whole screenplay. And filming took only two months from September to November, three months, which was amazing. And it, it is now in the National Film Registry in the Library of Congress for culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Here's the line: Everybody's gonna love this one. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss
3: it. Donna, how'd you pick this one? <laughs> so, while it doesn't directly relate to our our topic, I, I thought about the it, it. I brought this forward because of the impact of COVID and um, on on kind of me personally, right? Uh, we run such at such a hectic pace, and we still are in 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 the COVID environment. But I've been home a lot more, and so I've been able to take some time and really enjoy the moments with with my family. And um, it's really given me a different perspective. So I wanted to think about something that was positive coming out of the COVID, and and that. That quote really resonated for me Um, on something positive we can take out of this. Thank you very much. We all
1: appreciate optimism and forward motion, right, at this time. It's not over yet. We're hoping it is, but it's not over yet. So thank you, Donna. Nikhil Gorella sent us a quote from a very interesting movie, 1997 Italian comedy drama film called Life is Beautiful. In Italian, it's La Vita e Bella. I'm adding a little culture here, to, to this. <laughs> it was directed and starred Roberto Benigni. I hope I'm pronouncing his name, who co-wrote the film with Vincenzo Cerami. Benigni plays Guido Orefice, a Jewish-Italian bookshop owner who uses his fertile imagination to shield his son from the horrors of a Nazi concentration camp. The movie was one of the highest-grossing non-English language films of all time time. It won so many awards, I can't even tell you. And Benini won the award for the first time for a male non-English performance in a movie. Very interesting. Here's the quote. "Is I get goosebumps when I read this, Nikhil. How dare you? <laughs> this is lovely. It's, life is abundant and life is beautiful. Nikhil, rescue me. What does this have to do with our topic, please?
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is, uh, I think, very similar to what Donna said as well. You know, uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, one of the things that we all got a chance is to actually step back. You know, I spent a lot of my time at home with family. And then when you start thinking about, you know, what are the different aspects to life, right? Uh, you, you actually, I, I started living the same quote in a way, right? You, you just find start finding out life is, of course, as we all know it, life is abundant and life is beautiful. And, you know, the, the, the reason this quote uh, resonated so well with me, especially in the current times, is the the, the movie backdrop also is similar, right? Where, where there is a, a World War II that is kind of in the backdrop, right? But, you know, at the same time, the the father is shielding his son, right, from, you know, all that is around him. And so even in that, he tries to find joy, find life is beautiful. So it's, it's a fantastic uh, way to think about it. And I think out of all of this, as we really uh, get ready for the, the the great future that is coming ahead of us, I think thinking about it in a positive fashion is really going to get us there.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And now thank you all for the quotes. I appreciate you taking the time. Very, very good on many levels, on the topic level, on the general world situation level. So thank you, Matt. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Nikhil. Now it's time for our formal round table. We're gonna do a deep dive into the topic of IT and supply chain, what's going on and where is it going? Matt Humphrey sent me the following statement before the show, I'm gonna read part of it. It's very long, it's a little term paper here, Matt. Thank you. (laughs) And I, I love to see how you think. I'll read a little bit, first couple sentences. Actually, it's one long sentence. No, it's two. And then I'll ask you to unpack it, as they say on the news. And then I'm going to invite Donna Gray to chime in, Donna, and agree or disagree. Don't be afraid of Matt. You can disagree if you do or find a shade of meaning where you want it. Yes. And then Nikhil, I'm going to ask you to agree or disagree with either or both of them. So you've got double the content to work with. Here's what Matt said. It is important to acknowledge that while a lot has changed as a result of COVID, some things remain the same. Plus, I change. Plus, LMM shows. In this case, the importance of IT to be aligned with the needs of the business, specifically the supply chain. Matt, take it over, please.
2: Sure. So, um, yeah. So, Bonnie, I mean, when as I thought about this, um, you know, I mean, we we talk so much about all the things that are changing in in the world and in business and and whatnot. And and the reason I I, I shared that statement with you was because, you know, over my career, what I have found is so important is that. IT remains aligned with business and understands what the business objective is and how IT create value. And so you, you heard it in in, in, in Donna and, and, and Nikhil's um, you know response to your question around what is IT, you know, they're they're not just you know coders and whatnot. And so, you know, I, I just I've I've spent a career operate you know helping IT organizations understand really what impact systems, data, et cetera, will have on a company's operations and help companies many times, especially in supply chain organizations, you know, there's not a lot of um, uh, acceptance of failure. My example in my intro spoke to that. So, so they're risk averse by nature and they don't want things to change. They don't want to mess things up. And and many times new systems or innovative new technologies are seen as a risk and, and, and there's an aversion within operations. And so being able to bridge that gap is really critical. And you know, for IT organizations, that that means you've got to speak in business terms. You need mm-hmm. to understand how the business runs and operates. And you know, I I, I remember a, an early project that Don and I worked on where. Um, this was build the business case for a large enterprise-wide transformation, um, you know, uh, installing a new modern ERP, a digital core. And, you know, it took us months of sitting both with IT and the business to bridge those two constituents and and see eye to eye on the investments that were needed, the priorities the organization had, and how they needed to come together into one cohesive team to deliver on the promise of the program, but more importantly, on the promise that that company had in the market. So.
1: Thank you. Very interesting start to our roundtable. Thank you, Matt. Donna Gray, looking forward to agree or disagree. As I said, don't be afraid of Matt. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> no, I, I, I do agree. And I think I, I, I alluded to it or said it in my, my comments around what is, is IT and, and really speaking the language of their partners you know, in, in supply chain and, and really understanding the requirements I completely agree with. And what really struck me that I agreed with a lot in the company that Matt and I worked with together, the, the risk adverse nature of operations, right? And really helping to make sure that we right size what we're looking to transform and we plan it accordingly. I think that's very important for, for IT as the partners with the business. When you say right size, can you expand that a little bit, Donna? Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to talk about it a little bit later, but it, it really is about um, sometimes you don't have to change everything, right? Mm. And, and sometimes we'll see these programs and, and initiatives be so large that um, it, it – they can almost die under their own weight, right? So mm-hmm. we, we need to also think about how we can be nimble, how we can do things in, in sometimes in bite sizes to move the organization forward. It's not always, you don't always have to have a big transformation program to really make an impact. So it's thinking about those things and balancing that with, with, with the priorities. Thank you,
1: thanks for answering my question. I appreciate that, looking for the the shades of the meaning so our audience gets a lot of takeaways. Nikhil Gorey, you get the opportunity to agree or agree, disagree with either or both, go for it.
4: You know what, I'll tell you this, I mean, uh, Matt and Donna have really covered this uh, particular statement so well. Uh, In addition, what I would like to add is that uh, if you really think about it, the technology has in a way been an unsung hero. Right behind all of the development or progress that has been made over the last, let's say, 25 to 30 years. Uh, but if you did really, with with what has happened in the last year, especially, technology is here to stay. And what I mean by that is when uh, you, you know when the uh, pandemic first hit us, you know, and as you can appreciate, we work in the consulting space. We are used to traveling a lot, right? Across mm-hmm. the globe, across yep. you know, continents, you know, across different uh, clients and states. But all of a sudden, right, with all the travel restrictions and you know, one could not even move, right? And so what, what then had to happen was you know, we, would, we still needed to work, become agile, and be able to work in a remote fashion, right? While still remaining extremely productive. And if you ask me, I mean, Zoom is also a technology, right? Mm -hmm. Zoom is a technology that we are all using. We are on this call together. I mean, it's an enabler, right, to really see how uh, the work can still happen. So for me, that's a good example, right, that as we even think about, you know, the different groups, right, like uh, supply chain business or the IT side of the house, you know, how do they work together to kind of um, really lay out the foundation for the future? I mean, this is just such a good example. And so that's why, for that reason, I do feel that you know while IT has always been kind of uh, you know at the foundation of it all, I think now it's even more coming to the forefront.
1: Thank you very much, Matt. I'm going to flip this back over to you for a second here. Any comments you want to make back to your two agreeers?
2: Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, something that Nikhil said that just um, you know kind of uh, struck a chord with me uh, was about you know IT is here forever. I think one of the things that that I do think has changed. Um, in the context of things be the same, um is is that um you know we all, and Don alluded to this within Deloitte's context, but we, we all as individuals. Technology is a regular part of our life and 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 the sophistication of the business and the operations individuals to understand technology has changed but mm-hmm. so it, so while i don't know if it's made that conversation any easier it's certainly made it more advanced and 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 the willingness to explore things that that might be new or novel um is i think a lot more open today than it has been in the past and i think there's a real opportunity there
1: thank you interesting point the ability the willingness to explore new or novel I think a lot of companies had to face that wall, didn't they? When COVID hit and things started shutting down, it's been almost one year. Interesting. Are we going to stay in business? Can we stay afloat? Can we provide our services safely? To whom? Who will be there to consume them? Can we supply our goods? I tried to order a new computer in the middle of 2020, and instead of going to buy it, I had a warning on the site of a, of a popular, uh, shall we say, a, a technology goods retailer. It said, if you're within 250 miles of Durham, North Carolina, where I live, he said there's it said there's nothing available. They told us that on the website. It took a month and a half to get a new computer delivered. It was amazing and that's when I became personally aware of supply chain issues during mm-hmm. the it was su- summer 2020, but I digress. Thank you very much. Great point to start our conversation. Matt. And let's move to Donna. Donna told me the following in her statement number two. Let's go here. She says, supply chain transformation is more than a technology or process initiative. When Donna reflects on how IT leaders can play a bigger role, she says, they can't forget the human element as the new solution is designed and deployed. I want to say amen to that. Not religious, <laughs> just an amen. Go ahead, Donna, tell us more, please. So
3: we've, re- uh, you know, a uh, uh, the way that we approach programs has really, really changed, right? And, and, and as, IT, as IT leaders, it used to be, tell me your requirements, we'll go off and build it, test it, we'll train you and deploy, right? That's, that's the old, old world. But now there's a lot of human-centric thinking when you go into mm-hmm. these programs. And what I mean by that is rather than tell me your requirements, start thinking about who are the end users and consumers of this new process right? And thinking through it through their lens so that it better informs how you actually design and build your solution and ultimately how you're going to change the organization. And it's a mind shift change, right? We would think about those roles at the end. Okay, who's going to get what security? Who's going to do this? But if you think about it in that mindset from the beginning, you end up with a more robust and better solution at the end that that the businesses really can can take and run with. So that's what I meant by the the human centered design. Thank you very much. That is important because ultimately it's people,
1: right? Mm -hmm. People designing, people consuming, people appreciating, people using, people saying yes or no. It's got to be for people. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Nikhil, whether you know it or not, you're virtually sitting next to Donna Gray. So I'm putting you up on speaker
3: view. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, it's always nice to sit right next to Donna. So,
3: uh, <laughs> touche, a good one.
4: <laughs> you know, I mean, this particular topic is so close to my heart as well, and um, I, I'll start with a uh, not. I guess this is a quote from Nikhil, right? So, uh, if you, <laughs> in the words of, <laughs> that's. I mean, what has happened is that. Um, because of the uh, advancement in the whole applications, right? What I mean by applications is apps, right? Uh, whether we use the iPhone or whether we use, you know, Samsung, I don't want to take loyalty towards a particular brand, right? But, but any smartphone that you use, you're used now, the, there is like almost a basic expectation that I'm going to have easy to use apps, right? On my phone, mm-hmm. on my smartphones. So now what has that done? That has intrinsically completely changed the expectation of, from an end user perspective, from a consumer perspective, that I need to have this rich consumer experience as so that it is easy for me to do task XYZ, whether I want to buy something online, right? Uh, if I go to one of the sites like Amazon or any of the e-commerce sites, right? If I want to just download some music, it is easy for me to do so. Now that same expectation is actually going. So now the quote really is the... Uh, in the enterprise client level, right? Like at the company's level, uh, the technology, the employee experience has lagged behind Mm -hmm. the consumer experience that has already been there, right? And so what I mean by that is, there is this inherent expectation from an internal employee standpoint that I want that same rich experience that I use, I get as a consumer of any application. And so now that is really changing. I mean, if you now think about, you know, the supply chain organization which has, you know, let's say for any large company, has thousands of supply chain employees across their organization. There is an inherent expectation that I want to have easy to use uh, experience, uh, applications that provide that experience. So that is completely shifting the dynamics right? of you know, the, uh, the interaction between the IT side of the house and the supply chain business side of the house, where they're really thinking about, hey, how can I make that experience much richer, much easier to use? And so at the heart of any transformation right now that's going on, right? A supply chain transformation or other kinds of transformation, the human centered design is coming forefront to the center and such that not only are we trying to get better, you know, business case and outcomes, but also to improve the employee experience, right? So that's kind of uh, been a game changer, Bonnie.
1: Thank you very much. I just did a show on another series this week. We talked about a new new buzz, three letters, HXM, the human experience management mm-hmm. in relation to employee experience. Are they engaged? Are they happy? Are they productive? Are they doing what you hired them to do and what they intended to do when they accepted the job? D- a diff- whole whole different look of it's not just what's best for the company, but what's good for your human capital. Very interesting Matt Humphreys. Join us, please. Agree or disagree with Donna and or Nikhil. You got your work cut out for you. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: oh, I, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to be all too agreeable here. But So let me, let me take a, maybe a, a different tact on what, what um, Donna and Nikhil have said. I, you know, I, I, I do agree with what both of them um, did say. But one thing, you know, d- to build on that I think is, is vitally important is, is understanding how work gets done. Right, and and we talk a lot around the impact of IT on ways of working. So, as Nikhil just talked about, their different experiences and, and user experiences and employee, um, you know, impact. But but actually thinking about how work gets done, I've seen over my career, um, great ideas fall flat because IT didn't understand how an individual would leverage an, a, a digital asset to change how they fundamentally got their job done. So whether it's a planner or someone in a warehouse or a manufacturing site, I really understanding the, the impact a technology will have on that individual's work is is so important. So that gets goes back to that human, human-centered design. It's not only about you know, the person and their experience, but the way in which they get work done. And, and again, making sure that informs whatever design and implementation work follows.
1: Thank you, Don. This was your your part of the conversation you led. What do you think? Anything you want to say back to the other two on the panel?
3: Well, I'm glad they agreed with me. <laughs> you, you didn't say they're lucky they agreed with you, did you? No, I, I said that to them yesterday when we, uh, when we did our rehearsal. Uh, no. I, I I think that the the I I, I like the uh, the add-ons that that they had. It's it's about that that experience and and you know being able to you know. Do something on your phone to actually do your job is quite an amazing change in the way way we do business.
1: I recently heard that a lot of people are looking for flip phones because when you have a flat phone, anything like the, the high end um, smartphones, they're flat and everybody can see what you're doing. If somebody peeks over at your screen and a flip phone, <laughs> think of the detective stories and think of the, uh, yes, you know what I'm talking about, the the spy movies. You don't want anybody yeah. to say, okay, oh, I don't oh, bye, okay, we'll go somewhere else now. Let's go to statement number three from Nikhil, you're up and here's an interesting, different look at our topic, Nikhil says edge innovation is going to be the key from thinking through IOT sensors to track inventory to medical implants. We need supply chain IT managers to develop edge innovation that will create solutions for the future. Nikhil, I'm going to put you on speaker view. This looks very, very interesting. Please take over. What do you think?
4: Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. I I think, you know, as I was thinking about uh, some interesting topics for this particular podcast you know, clearly this uh, podcast focuses on building kinetic enterprises for the future, right? Mm -hmm. And inherent within building kinetic enterprises for the future is building uh, solutions for edge innovation. Um, As I mentioned, my passion is to develop innovative solutions. Uh, And so the two things that I kind of listed out, the ones that are at forefront of my mind, one being the whole, um, and and these are just examples, right, Mm Pony, whether you think about, the aspect of IoT sensors, right? So, for those who don't know what IoT means, is Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. Um, in today's day and age, we have the ability to have sensors uh, to be, uh, you know, applied to any real physical good that can be moved. So, what does that mean? So, now if you have got, you know, a batch of pharmaceuticals that has been, you know, manufactured, and uh, let's just take the example of COVID-19 as vaccines are being developed. You know, and those vaccines, you know, we have got some of the largest pharma manufacturers who are making it. But as we want to uh, move that inventory of those vaccines, you know, from the manufacturing sites, you know, to other parts of the world, it has to be done at a particular temperature setting, right? Because as you all know, it's got to be managed in like those extremely low temperature conditions. So uh, that's just an example that, okay, uh, I need now these edge innovation solutions to really think about... How can I track, you know, the uh, the quality of this inventory? So that it doesn't, the vaccines don't get spoiled. So that I can use them for maximum consumption. And one of the things Donna said earlier uh, resonates so well with me. One of the things that uh, I'm excited about in the industry that I work in is about improving the the quality of life, right? Or improving, you know, the, hopefully the overall experience for patients. So especially in this, you know, with the in the case special case of vaccines, right? That's an example that those edge innovative solutions have to be created. Another good example, which you know I spoke about, um, which you mentioned, Bonnie, is um, about the medical implants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is uh, close to me from a very very recent personal experience, uh, to be quite frank, uh, which my fellow panelists know about. You know, um, uh, my my dad's uh, recovering from a particular condition right now, and. Uh, For that, you can kind of see that as technology advances, right, if there are these medical implants that can help provide those drugs, you know, in a ready to use fashion, what we call in today's world the personalized medicine aspect, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are all these solutions that are needed for the future, right? So, how can we have developed these solutions for the future such that, you know, those things can, the medicines can be given at the point of use when it is needed, right, through medical implants? Now, there are so many things that are needed for the IT and the supply chain side and the R&D side, in this particular case, to come together to really develop a package solution, right, for all of it together. So as I think about it, I think there are these solutions that need to be developed, right, where uh, a huge handshake, a huge set of alignment between IT, business, many functions need to happen to make it all come together.
1: Thank you. And somebody needs to be aware there's a problem to be solved, right, Nikhil? And somebody needs to say, we have the resources or the brain power or the mindset to be the ones to put that solution together. And then your handshake with all of the participants in that solution. Very interesting. We're in a way keeping up with with what you said, Donna, about the human aspects of all of this. Is mm-hmm. It does take people. Let's go around the table. Matt Humphreys, whether you know it or not, you are virtually sitting next to Nikhil. It's a very interesting yeah. round table. Everybody's sitting next to everybody today, all four of us. Matt, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what Nikhil just shared with us. Go ahead, please.
2: Sure, sure, it's a small round table. So, um, you know, I, 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 I guess I have a couple couple, couple thoughts on this. I mean, one, you know, to, to Nikhil's point, I, I mean, I agree um, a lot of the innovation is going to happen at the edge with new technologies and whatnot. And, um, you know, the IoT example is, is a great one. And as I think about it, uh, you know, this this means that um, IT organizations, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they have to quickly a, uh, I guess, a, um, abreast of new technologies, their application. And, and it's an opportunity for them to be seen as a strategic business partner because they're bringing innovative new capabilities that maybe business people aren't aware of to help solve complex problems. And so I think, you know, what, what Nikhil brought up in the IoT example is a great, what I'm seeing among many companies across industries is that IT is now Ahead of the business and recognizing solutions to complex problems. Now, the the, the, the second point I would make on that, and and go tying back to Donna's um early, earlier comment, is you know what we saw like in COVID, um, you know, with with when we were starting to look at testing and contact tracing, is you know even if you've got advanced technologies, the the, the concern around say privacy or you know data exchange across borders and whatnot present additional challenges that need to be worked out. So even though you may have a really highly innovative technology that can uniquely solve a, a complex or a new problem, it, 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 there, there are also new challenges presented, whether it's regulatory challenges or just, again, the human perception of technology that can be a barrier and slow the pace of adoption or, you know, or even the, the impact it can have to an organization or in COVID's case to to society. So.
1: Thank you very much. Donna, join
3: us. Thoughts? Yeah, um, I'll I'll make one comment. I agree with the comments that were made here, but I'd just like to emphasize one point that these edge solutions allow organizations to be is you have more agility, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to change the fundamental core to have these innovations. So as you think about it, the ability to rapidly deploy something like these IoT solutions, is becoming exponentially easier to do with, with the technologies at, at, at our fingertips. So I think it's about thinking through agility. Thank you very
1: much. Nikhil, I'm gonna go back to you and see if you have anything to say back to your co-panelists on this one. Interesting topic.
4: I'll tell you this, Bonnie, I always learn something every day. right? And so, I mean, uh, uh, this is one where I love what uh, both Matt and Donna said. The, the, the two things that uh, came out to me, one is the privacy aspect, uh, mm-hmm. Matt. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, one of the roles that I play within Deloitte is to lead our uh, life sciences industry cloud solution uh, and kind of thinking about the edge innovations there. Well, guess what? The top barrier is actually that the privacy challenge right and around mm-hmm. you know how how can data be shared you know across the different countries you know what regulatory barriers are there so i completely agree right that as we even think about these edge innovations we have to take into account you know um, these um, especially the, the the regulatory considerations into account as we design that i think that's number 1 and then wholeheartedly agree with the agility aspect right i mean you know what we Uh, one of the, um, if you think about for many clients, right, uh, I I don't want to call it a burden, but I would say that you want to create solutions that uh, are are compliant, let's say, with also the existing solutions, right? You cannot just completely rip apart everything, you know? So in that context, as you try to develop agility, you know, I think it's important that, you know, you're still kind of creating that right core solution and with the, Uh, but with an agile responsive solution that can meet the growing needs of supply chain or other organizations.
1: Thank you very much. Great topic. Great insights. And thank you for sharing the story about your dad. And I hope he's doing okay.
4: He's doing uh, better, uh, Bonnie. And so uh, I'm encouraged again with the uh, things that medical sciences provide, right? Good. Good.
1: Yes. Yes. Yay. We have time for one more topic we've got a long about 10 minutes left to the show let's go around one more time i've picked solution statement number two from matt Humphreys, and we're going to focus on something called demand so here's what matt says one of the greatest impacts we have seen hit supply chain organizations has been a rapid shift in demand and while this has been experienced differently by different companies across the industry we're witnessing a persistent level of uncertainty across global markets. And just a quick side story. I have a friend here in Durham, a woman I actually grew up with in New York and she and her husband own a pool and spa company. They sell and they install and supplies. She told me that in January with their storefront closed and they work six days a week with masks on, they, they closed in January for winter. Okay. She has sold more pools and spas in January because people couldn't go to a pool, couldn't go to their country club, couldn't go to their neighborhood pool. She sold almost 70 pools remotely in January 2021, hitting records. Never seen anything like this before. So there are there's demand, Matt, and sometimes we don't know where it's going to be and we don't know what. And I hear that Peloton can't even keep up with the demand mm-hmm. for right. They're they're selling and selling and selling. They can't even deliver. So and that was a positive mention of Peloton and uh, nobody's client. So let's go, Matt. What do you think?
2: <laughs> yes. Well, it took me four weeks to get an elliptical um, last year, <laughs> so, four, not four weeks, four months. Sorry. And so I. I I understand. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a real challenge for businesses in today's time. Um, you know, the the uncertainty demand it's it's really hit some. You know, that the different industries and different companies in very different ways, right? I mean, some as, as you said are off the charts, Un, unlimited demand. I have I I live in the Pacific Northwest, and and it seems like everybody in twenty twenty wanted to garden, and you can even get soil, and dirt. You, could, you know, and so <laughs> so you anyway, something so fundamental, and and yet other companies they've seen you know, again, working in the medical industry, you saw as hospitals shifted their focus to to treat COVID patients, all the elective surgeries, many of them, even though they're called elective surgeries, essential surgeries got put on hold and demand just dried up. And so Mm -hmm. we see this across many industries at at, at many times, but it's it's particularly pronounced um, during COVID times. And so you know, I'm going to take a slightly different tack than what we've been talking about around, you know, systems and the and the people to talk about data, and and, and you know, in dealing with demand and dealing with uncertainty, it's really important that organizations have visibility, visibility across their end and supply chain, visibility across their supply base. Uh, you know, we've worked with um, companies where they could satisfy demand, but maybe a supplier couldn't, an essential part. Was on back order or in short supply, and so uh, you know, at the at the root of dealing with uncertainty is is how an organization plans for and then fulfills um, on its promise to its customers, and being able to match its ability to forecast demand and then um, you know meet the you know uh, match supply with that demand is is a real challenge in uncertain times like we're in today, and so having into invisibility, having good data quality is really essential, and that is an area where I think IT organizations, um, you know, can really help. And, and there's an opportunity right now with COVID. So, so often companies don't want to invest in data. We talk about master data management and stuff, and it's always something that companies we see as consultants, you know, not spending enough money and enough time on because it's, it's the first thing to get cut because it's, it's really hard to go do and hard to sustain but when we look at times like today it teaches us a really important lesson that if you don't have good data if you don't have good quality information from all parts of your business it's really hard to plan and going back to you know and and understanding how things are changing and then how to effectively respond so
1: Thank you. Data, data, data. That's going to be the word. The word is heard. Okay, Donna, I can give you about a minute and a half. We're nearing the end of the show. Wonderful conversation. I wish we had another hour, actually, because we're we're going into all the tentacles of the topic and so much
3: to talk about. Donna,
1: go ahead. Comments on what Matt said, please. That is the
3: fuel that drives a lot of business. Right. And one of the things that I've seen is a challenge for organizations is it's a big nut to crack. Right. And it almost seems insurmountable when when you think about, you know, the number of SKUs, the materials, uh, suppliers, all of that. What you really have to do is put together a plan and start to take it in pieces. If you try to solve that, it, it seems like my, I'm all about right sizing things. It seems a mm-hmm. theme that I didn't expect to have today, but i it's really come across in our, our comments. But start somewhere right? And figure out those high priority areas in conjunction with the business partners and start there and get wins and continue to build on. If you try to do it all at once, those programs just never get there, right? And, you know, Matt, Nikhil and I have have seen that. So I'd say that. And I'd also say the other thing to think about, not just getting it right, but getting it timely. Mm -hmm. Because if I get it 30 days late, well, who knows what, I'm not going to be able to do that. So start IT organizations, working with the business, thinking about how we can get better predictive analytics information sooner. So we're forward thinking versus backward thinking. I think is a challenge that organizations are are struggling with and, and working through uh, as we speak.
1: Thank you, Donna. Nikhil, i give you a minute and a half on this one, then we're going to do our lightning round of predictions. So Nikhil, speak, please.
4: Yeah, I would say the in addition to what uh, Matt just said, making sure uh that we are ready for another pandemic if it happens mm-hmm. for the future i think we have to really uh, look at what works you know uh, on a day-to-day basis when things are normal but i think we need to have the ability to switch you know to a different model uh, i would say within a very agile time frame so i think how do you kind of design for that and for the it and the supply chain organizations to come together to kind of really take a look at you know, being better prepared for the future—that that's kind of what I would like to add, Bonnie.
1: Thank you. I haven't heard the phrase "agile time frame." I think that's a quotable moment, Nikhil. I I haven't heard that one before. I heard of business being agile and nimble and ready to reinvent and do your business models again, and react, respond, be proactive. But I haven't heard of an agile time frame. Thank you very much. Let's go to predictions. I can give you each about 45 seconds. So as many sentences or words you can fit into that. Up to you, Matt Humphreys. You're up first. Where do you predict this is going? And you have the option of a sports prediction if you choose. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Uh, you know, after after watching the stock market this past year, I um, you know tried to get out of the the prediction business. Um, <laughs> uh, many of our clients ask us for our our, our, our predictions. You know, it, I, I'm going to predict something that I think is a is, is a pretty good bet, and is reflected in the statements that we've we, we've all shared today, which is. You know, I predict companies that um, where IT is closely aligned with the business and specifically operations will win, that when IT translates what businesses need, that those companies that do that and do that effectively will be the leaders in their industries. So
1: Thank that's- you. That's a great prediction. I like that. I think there's a wish fulfillment in there as well. Donna Gray, you're up. Prediction, go ahead. I can give you one minute.
3: Well, my husband told me that I needed to to help him with the prediction. So he's a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. He's been there since the start of the franchise. They're going to win on Sunday. So we'll have happy times in the Gray household Sunday evening. So that's my prediction.
1: <laughs> Do you have a po- a points by wind? Any, any points you want to be specific?
3: How much the margin of win? Uh, I don't have that. I'm not that close to it. So I just just know Brady's going to be awesome. And if he has the ball at the end and the game is close, we're going to win. That's, that's where the eyes are going to be
1: on Tom Brady, right? This is, this is the big deal this year. This is the news breaking moment. Nikhil Gore, love to get your prediction. You've got 60 seconds. Use them well. Go ahead.
4: So my prediction for the next, I would say 15 to 20 years is, uh, moonshot I think that's a term that has been used on this podcast before Uh, the moonshot becomes real I I mean I really mean that uh, one of the space spacex missions or whichever company succeeds in doing so I think we'll hopefully land a small colony in Mars or in one of the places right that's next 20 years watch out guys we are coming (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're coming.
1: whoever guys guys or gals are wherever we're going watch out we're coming I like that and then we'll have to deal with the human and maybe the quasi-human element when we get there thank you very much this is a time for some major news in the world right good bad and not so good not so bad and everything in between and outside of that thank you to the three of you I have really enjoyed our conversation I have a minute left to wrap up so let me do a couple of appreciation shout outs thank you to Igosa obakpul or who's here in the room with us waving and and cheering on and enjoying the conversation. One of our sponsors, Carla Neal, who has, I've been working with Carla for years. Carla has been sending me thought leaders from Deloitte for my SAP Game Changers radio shows for many, many years, sometimes 25 people a year. And that's what led to our being able to work together on this show. So thank you, Carla and Helen Tomas, also behind the scenes. Thank you, Helen, another sponsor. And a shout out to Natalie Butlin and Maria Rechtenwald at Deloitte. Thank you all. And put your hands together. Together for Aaron Keller, our engineer at World Talk Radio. He calls himself my sidekick and he worked hard to enjoy that appreciation from me. So thank you very much, Aaron. Special, special thanks. Matt Humphreys. it's been such a delight to learn about you and to hear your thought leadership on this topic and your insights. Donna Gray, such a pleasure to meet you. And I appreciate your time as well. I know you're all busy. And Nikhil Gore, we're sending shout outs and prayers for your dad's continued recovery and yay for medical improvements and medical implants that help with that. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody have a great day. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, be careful, and let's hope for a much better world in 2021. Yay! Everybody say goodbye. Bye!
0: Bye! Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.